Be'ez HaShem Yisbarach, we begin the 11th Perek of Masech Teksubis. We begin towards the bottom of the Aft Tzadik Hayyamid Be'ez, the Mishnah. Zok Te'elige Mishnah, Almona Nizaynis Menichsi Yisaymim. And Almona is fed from the properties that the husband left, that the Yisaymim now have. This is one of the conditions that are written into the Ksubah, or even without Ksubah. It's a Maisa Bezden, that the Almona will get fed from the Nechosim, after the husband passes away. So her income in exchange for this that she gets fed by them, Shalahan goes to the Yisayimim. However, they are not going to be obligated to cover her burial, even though she's the one that gives her gives them her Maisiyadah, gives them her income. Because the burial is not an exchange for her income. As we saw regarding a husband, the husband is obligated to bury his wife instead of the fact that after she passes away, he gets all her Ksuba money. So therefore, Yerusha, Yerushik Subasa, the ones that inherit her Ksube, Chayavim Bikfurasa. They are the ones that are going to be obligated in burying her. Zak to Gemara. Yibayiluhu, the question was asked, Nizainistnan, the version of the Mishnah, is the way we have it. It's, it's written, Almana Nizainist, that Almana gets fed from the Yusayman. Oi, Hanizainistnan. Or you have to add a hey there. The right version of the Mishnah is an Almana which is getting fed. Meaning, not always is she going to get fed by the assignment, but now she's getting fed by the assignment. So, what's the difference? The Gemara explains this. Nizainist Nan, do we read in the Mishnah that an Almana gets fed by the assignment? And therefore, this will be like the custom that the people of Golol had. As Rashi here brings, in Anche Golol, it was written to the Ksube, Ate Yasvef Vesi that you, my wife, you'll sit in my home and you'll get fed from my properties all the lifetime, all the time that you're going to be living in my home. So according to this, Gemara here continues and says, So they cannot in any way decide not to give her the Mizaynas. It's something which they have no control over, the Yisaymim that is. She, as long as she's there and she's living in the house of the, of the husband and she didn't go and get remarried, they're going to have to give her the Mizaynas. So therefore the Commissioner is saying, Almanen ni Zainis, she gets fed by the Yisayimim, and there's no choice in the matter. Or perhaps, Hani Zainis Nan. The Mishnah is saying that she is now getting fed by the Yisayimim. Anchi Yehuda, and therefore this goes according to the minig of the Ksube that Anchi Yehuda would write, and here Ashi brings, what did Anchi Yehuda write? That, Ratsu Hayarshin Litnlech Ksubasech. That it's in the hands of the Yarshin. They can decide any day that we want to pay you the Ksube. And once she gets paid the Ksube, she doesn't get Mazainus anymore. So really, it's in their hands. So therefore, what the Mishnah is saying of here is, It's really in the control of the Yisayim. If they want, they can decide to pay the Ksube and not give her Mazainus. So the Mishnah is saying, When and in that time, when she is getting fed, then her income goes to the uh, Yisayim. So the Gemara brings a raya because the Amr Abzeira Mashmuel Abzeira said in the name of Shmuel regarding our Mishnah, Mitzias Almon Elatzma, that in this case when the Almon is being fed by the Yisaimim, so anything she finds she can keep for herself. Unlike the case of a wife and a husband, whatever she finds goes to her husband. Now the question is, or the raya rather is, If you're going to say that the Mishnah, we read the Mishnah as Hani Zainis, an almana that is being fed, but not always is she going to be fed by the assignment because it's in their hands to decide they can pay her off the ksuba and not feed her. So Shapir, we can understand in what case Shmuel says that he, she keeps this uh, mitzia. 
in a case where she's not getting any mezaynas. So if she's not getting any mezaynas, her income will not go to the Yisaymim anymore. And so too, a metziah that she finds will not go to the Yisaymim. But if the Mishnah is read, that she's always getting fed from the Yisaymim. So, why would she not, she had the relationship with these Yisaymim that are feeding her, why should it not be the same like it is with her husband? Just like in the case of a husband, besides her income, also a Metziah goes to the husband. Over here as well, whatever she finds should go to the Yarshim. So why did Shmuel say in our Mishnah that the Mitzvah she can keep for herself? Answers the Gemara, it's not I from here. I can really tell you that we read the Mishnah, she's getting fed from the assignment. But still she can keep the Mitzvah. You can't compare the fact that her income is in exchange for the fact that she's getting fed by them to the Mitzvah. Mitzvah is a different story. Why is it different? Why is it that Chachamim said that any Mitzia that a wife finds goes to the husband in order that there should be no hatred between the husband and wife? I'm feeding you, I'm taking care of you, and you find something and you keep it for yourself. So therefore she has to give it to the husband. But Hani over here, to have even if there'll be hatred between husband and wife, or that's not husband and wife actually, it's the children. And the almana, it's not something that we're going to make a special takana for, that she should give the uh, mitziah to the assignment. And besides that, Rashi adds, this is a t'nai in the ksub, that they must feed her. So whether she's going to give them the mitziah or not, it's not going to change the fact that they have to feed her. In the case of the husband though, if she's not going to give the mitziah, and there'll end up being a hatred between husband and wife, he may decide not to feed her. So therefore over here, the mitziah is a different story. That's why Shmuel said that by an almana she keeps the mitzvah for herself, even if she's getting fed from the assignment. All the work that a wife does for her husband, the almana has to do for the yerushim that are feeding her. We had a list before in the Masechta, different works she has to do. She grinds the flour, she bakes, she cooks, everything she does in the home. Chotz, besides these specific things that she does, which are memzigas akais, pouring a glass of wine, atzoas amitha, spreading the sheet on the bed, achotzas panaviyadavaraglov, washing the hands of the, the face, the hands and the feet, which is something which is only special between husband and wife, and this is something that an almana does not do for the yarshim or the yisim that are feeding her. Amar Rabbi Shoban Levi. A similar halacha, Rabbi Shulman Levi said, All of the work that a servant does for his master, Talmud so too a student will do to serve his teacher, that's teaching him Teireh. Besides work like untying his shoes, or similar works like this, which people may make a mistake and think that he's actually not a Yid. He looks like an Evid Kanani, he looks like someone which is just a slave that's serving his master. So we don't want people to make a mistake about such a thing. But Rava says, This is only said that we're concerned that people might think there's an Evet Kanani if he's doing this type of work. Only if it's in a place that people don't know him. So people can make this mistake. If it's a place people know him, less doesn't matter. He can do any work to serve his master or his teacher rather and it makes no difference. Even in a place where people do not know him, it's also not said that there's a concern people might make a mistake if he serves his master like a slave serves, again, he serves his teacher like a slave serves a master, so that there's only a concern. 
only in a case where he's not putting on tefillin. Avomanach tefillin, but he puts on tefillin less lumbo. Then there's no concern. So it's interesting here. There's a difference between Rashi and Taisus. Rashi says that this is if she doesn't, if he that is, if he doesn't put on tefillin at all. So then might, people might think that he's an Evid. Rashi says an Evid does not put on tefillin. But Taisus says even an Evid puts on tefillin as well, but if he's not wearing tefillin all the time. So then people might think that he's an Evid which does not wear tefillin all the time. A person, a teacher that holds back a student from serving him. It's like he's holding back from him a kindness. There's a passage that says, You're holding back from your friend, which over here, it's teaching friend being the student. A kindness of allowing him to serve you. You're also causing him to remove Yerushalayim. Because that passage continues and says, that the fear of Hashem he will let go of if he's not going to, he's not, if he's not going to be serving his uh, teacher. Oh, Rabbi Loza said, coming back to the halacha of the Mizaynas, that there's a Tnai in the Ksube that Almana gets after the passed away. Almana Shetavsametaltlan. An Almana that went and grabbed Metaltlan for herself, for the Mizaynas that she has to be fed. What she grabbed, she can grab and keep for herself. Tanya Nami Hachi, we learned in the Brais as well, Almana Shatafsa Metaltalin, an Almana that went and grabbed from Metaltalin, for her Mazainis, Mashatafsa Tafsa. What she grabbed, she keeps for herself. Now, Chilashir is that Metaltalin is usually not something that you can get her Mazainis from. Just like both Ksuba and Mazainis, which an Almana gets after her husband passes away, she only gets from Karka. Not from a Talton. There was actually a discussion about this before in the Masechta, but I believe the Maskan is you get from only from Karka. But over here, if she went and grabbed, then she can keep what she grabbed. This is also a sugi we had earlier in the Masechta regarding grabbing after the husband passes away. It spoke there actually also about a Balchayv that comes and grabs after the person passes away. There was Machlaikis, Rab Kiva, and Rab Tarfin, if you can keep what you grab. If you remember there, there was a discussion from where was this metaltalin grab? Was it grabbed from the home, the private place of the Yisayimim? Or was it grabbed from out in the Rishos Arabim? So Rabbi Kiva said you could only grab from the Rishos Arabim. So over here, somebody shining say here as well that you could only grab from the Rishos Arabim, but not from the home. The Chenk Yasser Avdimi Yama, Avdimi came and he said as well, this Adalach is this way, Maise Bekalosis Shorab Shapsi. There was a story with the daughter in law of Rab Shapsi, Shatafsa, the Sakya Malay Mois. She grabbed a, a sack, a leather sack full of money for the Mazainis. And Chachamim could not take it out of her hands because this is the Allah. Once she grabs, she can keep it. This is only said if she's grabbing for the Mazainis. But if she goes and grabs from a Taltlin for her Ksube, then we do take it back, we do take it out of her hands. But my Baravashi asks him this, why should there be any difference? What's the difference? By Ksube, the halacha is that she's supposed to collect only from the properties, from Karka, and not from movable, from valuables. Also, she should be collecting only from Karka and not Metaltlin. So by both, the halacha should be the same, that once she grabbed, you should be able to keep it. But nevertheless, we say by Mezaynis, what she grabbed, now she can keep. The same halacha should apply for the ksubah, that what she grabbed, she can keep. 
But I'm a Rav Yitzchak by Naftali Ravine, but Rav Yitzchak by Naftali says to Ravine, Hachiyam Rina Mishmei de Rave Kavaseich. That in the name of Rava we did say, like Ravina said, that there is a difference between grabbing for the Mizainis and grabbing for the Ksuba. When you grab for the Mizainis from a Tautlin, she could keep it, and for the Ksuba, she cannot keep it. And Taisus here gives the Svara for the difference, because when it comes to the Ksuba, so there's a difference in the rights that a wife has to take for the Ksuba. She could take not only from the properties that are right now in the possession of the Yershim, she could even take from Meshubadim, from any properties that were sold off. So therefore, she has nothing to worry about regarding collecting a Ksuba. Even if there's nothing available here, she'll be able to take from any buyers that have properties. But when it comes to the Mizaynes, uh, she could only take from the properties that are now in the hands of the Yusaynim. So she's concerned that she won't be able to collect. And therefore over here, Chachamim strengthened her power that if she grabs Metaltolin, she can keep what she grabbed. And Almane, from when she became an Almane, so she waited two, three years. She didn't demand payment for the Mizaynes. She took care of herself. She didn't demand anything. So Ibda Mizainis. She loses those Mizainis of those two or three years because she, she's Michalit, the fact that she didn't demand it. So the Gemara is trying to understand why does it say two or three years? Ibda, if he's saying that just a period of two years is long enough that we consider this to be a Mechila, so Shalish Mibaya. Needless to say, after three years, such a long period of time, for sure she was Michal. Why does it mention three years? Answers the Gemara, like Kasha, this is not a question. It depends what kind of woman this is. Kan ba'niya and kan ba'ashira. Makes a difference if it's a poor woman or if it's a rich woman. If it's a poor woman, so then we say that after two years, it's already a raya that she gave it up. Because she's poor, she needed the money, and still she didn't demand it. So that, that's already a raya that she gave it up. But a rich woman, so she can wait longer. So the fact that she waited two years is not enough of a proof that she's being meichel. So only after three years do I say that she was meichelet. Or the Gemara gives another answer, inami, or we can say, kan beprutza, kan betznua. Or there's a difference between a uh, almana that's not embarrassed, prutza, she, she's able to come and demand for herself, and kan betznua, and here we're speaking about a almana that's embarrassed to come for herself. So if she's someone that's embarrassed, so then we say that after two years, it's not enough of the time for a mechila, because maybe she was simply embarrassed. So only after three years. But for a prutza, since we know she, she can speak up for herself, she has no problem. So after two years, that's enough of a raya that she gave up the uh, mezaynas. However, Rav says about this, this is only said that she gives up, that she was Michael or Mazinus, for whatever passed. So that, that she didn't demand, so she gave it up. But for the future, Yeshla, she still gets the Mazinus. I don't consider this to be a Mechila forever, that she can never collect any Mazinus for the future as well. Rabbi Yechenen asked Ashayla regarding a situation where there's an argument, whether she got paid the Mazinus or not. We gave the Mizainis, the money for the Mizainis. And she argues and says, I never got money for the Mizainis. Who's going to be the one that has to prove that they're right? So there's a machlekes here between Rashi and Taisus. What this Gemara is speaking about? You look in the last Rashi, Rashi says, we're speaking about the Mizainis for the future, for the next year. Taisus, most Rishayim disagree and say that for the future, for the next year, for sure that the Yisayimu would have to bring a raya that they paid her that for the future. But over here we're speaking about the Mizaynis of the past, for the past year. That's the argument between them. So the question is, who has to bring a raya? What's the rule always when it comes to any argument with a money matter? 
If you're coming to take something out from your friend, so you have to prove. But the question is, essentially, who is the Maitzi? Is the Are the uh, Yusayimim being Maitzi from the Isha when they say that we already paid you? Or is the Almana being Maitzi from them? So, the Gemara here explains, Do I say, That the money is in the possession of the Yusayimim, so therefore, If the Almana wants to be Maitzi payment for her Mazayimim from them, she's going to have to prove this. Or perhaps, no, the Nechassim is actually considered to be in the possession of the Almana. And the reason for this is because there's a Maisa Bezdin. There's a condition here that she gets this Mazaynus and therefore it's all really in her possession. So therefore the Yusayimim are going to have to bring a Raya that they already gave her the money for this Mazaynus. Tashima, so the Gemara brings what it says in the Braisa clearly. The Tani Levi, Levi said as follows. Almana, when it comes to this question regarding an Almana, whether she got the Mizaynis or not, calls Manshalainisis, as long as she did not get remarried and she's still currently getting fed from the Yusaymim. Allah Yusaymim, Law of Yudaya. The Yusaymim are going to have to bring a Raya that they already gave her the money for the Mizaynis. So in other words, we consider in this at this time period the possessions of the Yusaymim, which is there for the Mizaynis to be in her, in, in, in her, Possession, and therefore they're going to have to bring a raya that uh, they paid, him, paid her already. This is a But once she got remarried, and now she's coming to collect from Mizaynis that she says in the past that she wasn't paid. So now at this point, she's going to have to bring a raya for this that she did not get paid. says This question seems to be also a machlekes tanoim because there's a brayse that says meicheres v'kaiseves. So this almana can go ahead and sell properties that, the, that her husband left for her ksuba she's selling in order to collect her ksuba, or she's selling in order to collect money for her mezaynis, and the keseves, but she should write very clearly, that these properties I sold in order to collect money from my mezaynis, and the machati, and these properties I sold in order to collect the money for my ksuba. She has to spell out clearly what's for what. This is what Rabbi Yehuda says. Rabbi Yehuda argues and says, She can just sell and she writes, I'm, being, I'm selling it to collect money for what I'm owed. And she doesn't have to spell out whether it's for the Mezaynis or for the, the Ksobe. And actually, this will actually be to her benefit. It'll put her in a more powerful position if she's not going to spell out what exactly she's selling the fields, the properties for. So now what's the explanation of this Machlaikis here? My love, don't you think? The argument between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yaisi isn't the point that we're speaking about over here. Who has the Chazaka over the Mizaynis? Does the Do the Yisayimim have the Chazaka? And the Almana will have to bring a Raya that she uh, did not get paid yet? Or do, does the Almana have the Chazaka? And the Yisayimim are going to have to bring a Raya that they paid already. So the Gemara explains, Rabbi Yehuda that says that she has to spell out when she sells, what she sells for the Mezaynas and what she sells for the Ksobis, Savar, so Rabbi Yehuda holds, is the reason why she has to spell out that she's selling here for the Mezaynas, because he says, the properties are that, that are here for the Mezaynas, the Yisayimim are the ones that have the Chazaka in this. So she's going to have to prove that she didn't get yet paid the Mezaynas. And therefore, she's going to have to prove this. And therefore, what's going to happen? If she's not going to spell out what she's selling for the Ksuba and what she's selling for the Mezaynis, so then what's going to happen if she's going to come and want to collect from the Yusayimim? So they're going to tell her, listen, whatever you sold, you sold it was all being sold for the Ksuba. 
So your ksuba was paid off already, completely. You sold the properties and you collected enough money for your ksuba. And then she's going to come and say, okay, so I got my ksuba, but the mezaynas, you didn't give me mezaynas yet. They're going to say to her, the mezaynas, we gave you the mezaynas also. Now she's going to be stuck because we're following the opinion. We're explaining that Yehuda holds that the, the, the mezaynas, she's going to have to prove that she didn't get paid the mezaynas yet. So now she can get stuck over here. So therefore... She better write down, she better spell out exactly what it is that she sold for the Ksuba and what it is that she sold for the Mazinus. And therefore it'll be clear what she got and what she didn't get. That's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Rabbi Yaisi Savar, however, Rabbi Yaisi says, Lefrushi. She does not have to spell it out because because the property is actually she has the chazaka over this. If later there's going to be an argument, if the Yusayim are going to come and say, like I just mentioned, that everything you sold was for the Ksuba. And the Mizaynas was also all paid off. They're going to have to prove that. She's not going to have to prove anything. The Yusayimim are going to have to prove that they gave her the uh, Mizaynas. So therefore, there's no, she doesn't have to spell it out clearly. She won't be in a position where she's going to have to prove anything. On the contrary, the Yusayimim are the ones that have to bring a Raya. So Rashi actually points out that when Rabbi Yaisi said before that it actually puts her in a more powerful position not to write anything, reason is because when it comes to collecting the Ksuba, there's something different than collecting the Mizaynas. As I mentioned before, when you collect Mizaynas, you can't collect from Mishabadim. You could only collect from properties that are now in the hands of the Yershim. When it comes to Ksuba, you could collect even from Mishabadim. So if she doesn't spell out what it is that she sold these properties for, so then later, if she's going to see that there's no properties in the Yershim's possession for her to take, she'll say, oh, what I sold, that was for the Mizaynas. And therefore now, she'll be able to go to the Lekuchais and get from there for her Ksuba. So a person in a better position to be able to see later if she has to go and collect from Lukuches for Aksuba. So that's actually better for her. But the Gemara says, not necessarily is this the explanation of the Machlaikas of Rabbi Yaisi and Rabbi Yehuda. Mimai, how do you know this is explanation? Really, everybody agrees that the properties are all in the hands of the Almana. And while Yisayimim love your diet, the Yisayimim would have to prove that they gave her the Mizaynis. So therefore, it would not be necessary for her to write down specifically and spell out what it is that she sold for the Ksuba or for the Mizaynis, like Rabbi, like, like, uh, Rabbi Yaisi said. But for Rabbi Yehuda, so why does Rabbi Yehuda say that she should write this down clearly what it is that she sold for the Ksuba and the Mizaynis? It's a Toyba Kamashwan. He's just giving good advice. In order that people shouldn't refer to her as someone that's so hungry and eating so much. They see her selling so much property. She needs so much money. What does she need all this money for? All for her Mizaynas. So people will say she's a Raf Sanusa. Therefore she should write, this is for the Mizaynas and this is for the Ksuba. If you're not going to say the Pshar over here in the Braisa this way, but you'll consider this Braisa to be a clear daya to the question Rabbi Yechenin asked. So if so, Chodabay Rabbi Yechenin. This question Rabbi Yechenin asked in this situation, who has to bring a raya, whether the Mizaynis was paid up or not? Tifshitla Mimasnisen. Similar to what we have here in the Braisa, we really have a Mishnah that says this. This is a Mishnah on the next plot here. The Mishnah there says, Meicheres Lemizaynis. The, the almana that wants to sell properties, she can go ahead and sell properties for her to, for herself to get fed. Shalei bezin, even without waiting for the bezin to come and evaluate these properties. And also the kiseves, and she should be writing, Eilu l'mezaynis macharti. This is what I sold for the mezaynis, so it should be clear exactly what it is that she got for mezaynis. So over here, seemingly you see very clearly that almana would have to bring a raya, like the Gemara wanted to prove before, according to Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. So if so, 
why would Rav Yechenen not bring a raya from this Mishnah? If the Braise, maybe Rav Yechenen didn't hear of, but the Mishnah for sure Rav Yechenen knew. So why didn't he bring a raya from here? So Ella, the answer is, like we said, we can't bring a raya from this Mishnah because we can say, this that she writes, that I'm selling this for the Mizaynas, is just good advice, that people shouldn't think that she's a Rav Sanusa, that she's eating so much. So here, the argument of Rabbi Yisrael and Rabbi Yehuda is also only Rabbi Yehuda is just simply saying, giving good advice that she should spell out what exactly it is that she's selling for a Mizaynas, so she shouldn't look like that she's eating so much. That's one shot. Inami, or the Gemara says, another shot. The Kulalme, everybody agrees. Nichsi, Becheskas, Yasmikaimi. That really, the possessions that are here, that are available to collect the, 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 the Mizaynas from it, they are still in the possessions of the Yisaymim. And therefore, the Almana will really be the one that will have to prove that she was not paid yet. Behind the time of the Rabbi Yaisi, so when Rabbi Yaisi says that she does not have to write what it is that she took for the Mezaynes, what's the reason for this? And this is based on what Abayi Kishisha says, which is really the same Svara that the Gemara just brought. Well, let's see over here what Abayi Kishisha says. He brings an interesting analogy for this. Abayi Kishisha said, When Rabbi Yaisi says, better her not to write, what it is that she's selling these properties for, because this will make kachayafa. This will put her in a stronger position. How it will put it in a stronger, put her in a stronger position? So Abai Kashisha gives the following analogy: person that's passing away, and he says, "Give two hundred zuz to this individual that I owe him money." So it's in, he says over here two opposite expressions. On one hand, he says he's a bachayv. I owe him money. On the other hand, he says, no, give him a gift. So therefore, what happens? If he wants, he can take this money that the Meshachiv Merah said, he can take it for his chayv, and that's it. Now he's paid up, and he doesn't get anything else. But but if he wants, he can take this now as a gift. And then, the mother adds, if he's going to take this, that the Meshachiv Merah said to gift him as a gift, won't he now be in a stronger position? Now he got this as a gift. And now he can go to the even Mishabadim, even uh, buyers that bought from this person and the, the Karkaris, there was a lien, there was Mishabad to him and he can collect it for himself. But if he collects the Chayv from this money that the Shechiv said, and now he says, well, I still want to get the gift that he said to give to me, but there's no properties available anymore. You can't go to buyers and say, give me the gift. So it would be much better for him to take a gift and then later he'll be able to go to the buyers and collect his, um, his, his loan that, that he's owed. So this is the analogy that Abai Kishisha is saying. And this goes back to the same Svara that I explained before that Rabbi Yaisi was saying, What was Rabbi Yaisi saying? Rabbi Yaisi was saying that it's better not to write. When, a, when a, an almana sells property, she shouldn't write what she's selling it for because if it turns out that later the Yusayimim are not going to want to pay her, the Ksube, or, or, or rather there won't be enough uh, properties in their possession available for the Ksube. So now she'll say, the properties that I sold before were only from Zainas, and now I'm collecting the Ksube, and now she'll have the right to go and get the Ksube, even from buyers, even from Mishubadim. So therefore, she shouldn't spell it out before, so she'll have the right to uh, be able to collect this later. So this Svara, the same Svara we said before, that the Gemara is bringing now in the name of Abayi Kishisha, this is also the Svara that, that uh, really uh, Rabbi Yehuda agrees to as well. Uh, sorry, okay, this is, this is the Svara of Rabbi Yaisi. Sorry, this is the Svara that Rabbi Yaisi says over here. 
right? But the question though is, the Gemara now said that even according to Rabbi Yaisi, he agrees to Rabbi Yehuda that the Almana will have to bring a Raya if there's an argument regarding the Mizaynas. So the question is, didn't Rashi explain before, if the Almana has to bring a Raya, if she's not going to spell out what it is that she sold for what, she might end up being stuck. The Yisayim are going to come and argue, everything you sold was for the Ksuba. And now you argue, you claim that you still deserve Mizaynas, the Mizaynas we gave you as well. And she's going to have to bring a raya. So by not writing, she's going to have a problem, isn't she? So how could the Gemara now bring this water that Rabbi Yaisi holds like Abaye Kishisha and you shouldn't write? True, you will gain this point that Abaye Kishisha says here that she'll be able to go to Mishabodim for Uksuba. But in a case where the Yisayimim are going to argue with her, she's, she's going to have the lower hand. She's going to have to bring a raya. So there still should be a problem here. So the Gemara doesn't spell this out, but Rashi explains that, true, there should be a problem here. But what Rabbi Yaisi says, what she should do is let her have Adam. When she sells the property, let her have Adam, and she'll say clearly to the Adam that, look, this is what I'm selling for Mizainis, and this is what I'm selling for the Ksuba. So therefore, if the Yisayim will argue later and say, everything you sold was for the Ksuba, and the Mizainis we paid you already, she has Adam to tell us what was for what. But she shouldn't write it, because if later, if the Yisayim are not going to argue with her, and she'll want to collect her Ksuba from Lukuchais, so she'll be able to say, everything that I sold, that should be for the Mizainis, and now I want to come and collect from my Ksuba, and I go even to the buyers, even to Lukuchais to collect. So Basically, Rabbi Yaisi is saying, let her do it in a way that she should be smart, that she'll have the upper hand in all ways. Like Rabbi Yaisi is saying, this is better for her, that on one hand she'll have Adim to protect herself against any argument of the Yisayimim. But on the other hand, she shouldn't spell out, she shouldn't write anything, so that if she wants to collect the Ksuba later from Mishubadim, she'll have the ability to do that as well.